This is episode number 173 with founders of CGEN, Lee and Daniel Pullen. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast. Today I've got a very exciting roller coaster of information and knowledge bombs prepared for you. So, Lee and Daniel Pullen, they are the founders of a company called CGEN, which is in the space of RPA. RPA stands for Robotics Process Automation. And Robotics Process Automation is the concept of automating any kind of repetitive tasks that you might have in your business or in your career. And I'm not going to go into detail what it's all about right now because we discussed all of that in depth during the podcast. But at the same time, what I will do is I'll give you a brief overview of how this conversation went to be and how it unraveled to make sure you know where the valuable part for you personally is going to be so that you don't tune out of the podcast and miss out on the very important stuff that is relevant to you, which might come down a bit later. So let's go through this. In the first 30 minutes, we talked about RPA, what it's all about, how it works, how businesses get value out of it, and how Daniel and Lee founded their company. So if you're a business leader, a business owner, an entrepreneur, a founder, somebody who's coming up with ideas to disrupt industries and create new approaches to doing things, then listen up to those 30 minutes very attentively because that's where the value for you will be. At the same time, if you are a data scientist, an analytics professional, uh, a white-collar worker even, and you, you, for instance, don't have RPA in your business, your business hasn't implemented robotics process automation, and you might find yourself listening to the first 30 minutes and thinking that this is great general knowledge, but what's the value in it for me? Well, wait up until just after 30 minutes. That's where Daniel and Lee will share how you as an individual can learn RPA and integrate it into your career, all absolutely free. There's free online tools that you can learn that, free online courses, certifications that you can take and add that to your resume. And from this discussion, you will see and feel that RPA is a very underestimated, very underrated new disruptive technology that is creeping up and that's going to explode the whole market. So you want to get onto this train fast. Um, Then around 40 minutes in, we'll talk about the whole ethics behind RPA. I found the discussion fascinating, very philosophical. Um, And then at the end, we'll talk about robots for hire. So if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a massive hundreds of thousands of dollar budget, but you do want to benefit from efficiency in your business and and robotics process automation tools, then listen up to that end bit because Daniel and Lee will unravel or explain a whole new concepts, uh, concept of robots for hire. So there we go. I'm going to stop with the description here. I think that's enough to get you excited. I'm definitely super pumped about this podcast. So without further ado, let's dive straight into it. I bring to you Lee and Daniel Pullen, founders of CGEN. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Super Data Science Podcast. I've got two exciting guests on the show today. Father and son, Lee and Daniel Pullen. Lee, Daniel, welcome to the show. How are you going today? Very well, and thanks for having us on the show. Awesome. Looking so that, forward to it. That was That's Lee, right? Because your voice is that's so similar. Lee. I yeah. get okay, that's Lee. Uh, Daniel, welcome to you too. How are you going today? Thank you very much. Yep, good to, very good and uh, great to be here. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. You guys are in Melbourne, right? Correct. And yep. the weather, as uh, who described it, Lee, as uh, Daniel, as you described it, it's pretty miserable, right? Uh, cold, cold and miserable today. Yeah, not, uh, not <laughs> yeah, much beach just, weather today. Just to note, just so we see things differently, it's not that miserable. It's just overcast and cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's glass half full, half, em, uh, half full. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It's a very exciting topic. First of all, how did we meet? This is it's been a crazy roller coaster of connections over the internet. I got uh, Rachel introduced me to um, who did she introduce me to? To, to, to Vlad, I think. Yeah, to Vlad. To Vlad. And he introduced yeah. me to you guys. So, how do you guys know Vlad? Uh, and the main technology we use is UiPath, and Vlad is in marketing at UiPath. So, we've known each other for a couple uh, over two years because we're we were the first. One of the first partners yeah. uh, for UiPath, and one of the, especially, I think we're the first uh, Australian partner uh, okay. for UiPath. Good. And where where is Daniel located? Uh, sorry, not Daniel. Vlad. Vlad uh, is located in Romania. Romania. Um, so UiPath started in Romania, so which is not a, a, a country that most people associate with technology, but yeah. they've got some fabulous engineers over there. Yeah, so. they definitely do, and some great people. So. So, like, so, imagine yeah. this, like, I'm in Australia, I talked to Rachel, who's in the UK, she connected yeah. me with uh, Vlad, and Vlad connected me with you guys, who's in Romania, and Vlad connected me with you guys, who are, and then back in Australia, but in Melbourne. What a crazy world. The world is, the world is a small place. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So, For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, all right. So. Now to the topic. You guys are in one of the most, as I would call it, um, advanced, forward-looking, but at the same time underestimated technologies called robotics process automation, or RPA for short. Very excited to share this. We haven't had a guest talk about robotics process automation. I know one of my dear friends and colleagues, uh, no, not colleagues, dear friends and mentors, he's actually... Um, worked with a company that is really heavily into robotics process automation and he told me about how it's changing rapidly the whole um, office and white collar environment in many different countries. And so very excited to talk about this. Could you please give us a quick overview? Maybe Daniel, we'll start with you. Could you give us a quick overview of what is robotics process automation all about? Sure. Well, the, the best way to think about it is it is first of all it's a piece of software we're not talking physical robots of course mm -hmm. it's a piece of software that can essentially mimic the the desktop work that typical white collar workers are doing um, all day long whether it be picking up data from an email typing data into an application um, sourcing data from a website 
uh, and using it within the business. Mm-hmm. RPA is a piece of software that can mimic that action um, and do it much faster, far more accurately, um, and with practically no errors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it's basically changing, I guess, the nature of that typical white-collar work in that a person that's been sitting in front of their desk for eight hours a day doing data entry, let's say, um, you've got an option now where robotics can do that work for them and then that can empower that worker to do other higher value tasks that requires some proper brain power that robots can't yet do. Mm-hmm. Or creativity, for example. So, Something exactly more, more right. exciting. Exactly right. Okay, great. And sure. uh, can you give us like a, a very I don't know, concrete example? I know you mentioned like getting data from emails, but for instance, I like the example you have on your website. By the way, uh, for our listeners, they have a really cool, uh, Daniel and they have a really cool explainer video on the website. And... Um, that was very insightful for me. So I like the example that you have on the website where, you know, open the email and so on and then, you know, look for this combination of letters or, or words. Could you give us like a more concrete example like that? Maybe maybe a specific application that, um, you know, has come up recently in your work. Yeah, so the the robots can read where the email, who the uh, sender is. Mm-hmm. They can read the subject. So if the subject's got specific words in it, yep. that can trigger the robot to go down a certain mm-hmm. pathway to carry out sort of actions and extract uh, attachments, mm-hmm. uh, move those attachments to folders, uh, open up those attachments, be it they PDF, be it the, say, Excel or something like mm-hmm. that sort of nature, extract data. So... With robots, they can extract digital data. They can extract graphical data. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, if you were to look at OCR, mm-hmm. uh, optical character recognition, it, that's a visual com- uh, component. So it will take that and then we turn that into a digital stream of data. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it can open up that extract information out of those attachments for update into other applications. Those applications can be anything from SAP. It can be a database application. It might be to an AI tool to clean up data to go in there so it can recognize more information. Or it could be a Citrix system, which could be graphical. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you have to use the visual components, uh, which uh, RPA is quite capable of doing. So Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a wide range uh, of of locations that you can get your data from. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's a great example. And just like to mix it up, let me know if this is a, uh, like my example I'm going to give is a, something an RPA could do. For instance, um, like every morning go onto the New York Times website and extract the heading of the top uh, news element and then paste it into a Word document and save it into a folder. Something Is that something like an RPA could do? 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So any yeah. anything to do with uh, with what they call web scraping, which is yeah. basically hitting up any number of different websites, getting key pieces of data and then saving it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, or you can even put that into an email and send it yeah. to someone. Yeah. Um, absolutely, that's a good example. Okay, all right. Here's another one. So for instance, um, every, every hour, log on to SQL Server, open up a certain database, open up a certain table, uh, look up the first 20 rows and copy them into Excel, put that Excel into um, 
what's it called? Take a screenshot of the Excel and email it to the colleague sitting, uh, you know, like a colleague whose email you you predefined. Can an RPA do that? Yep, yep, certainly can. And awesome. you could, as much as you suggested taking a screenshot, you could just as easily save that Excel file and attach it to the email and send the Excel file itself. Yep. Um, you could, yeah, screenshot is just as viable if that's the way you want to do it. Yeah, I was just, yeah, I was just trying to make it a bit more complex. It gets complex, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty much any repetitive task, anything that you like repeat almost in the same way like several times a day or several times a week, whatever it is, or maybe several times an hour, you can just like get an RPA to do it for you. So you don't have to be like do the monkey work. That's correct. Yeah. So you're looking for repetitive tasks. You're looking for uh, digital data. You're looking for all the types of processes that are stable um, and regular. If you have a process that's not stable it's not the best candidate for rpa because mm -hmm. it's changing too much and like all software if it changes too much you've got to tell it what to do so uh, the robots can't go off and think for themselves they're not smart gotcha. uh, they're smart in what they can do but they're not they can't go and think for themselves gotcha gotcha and so you mentioned there's like these things get complex what's the most complex example that you can share with us that pops to mind right away I think um, <clears throat> complexity for us is typically it's not a, it's not so much the task itself that is complex. Um, it can be the number of variations on the process. Mm -hmm. So you know the the example you mentioned before about going to the New York Times website that's a very straightforward, simple process with no variations. Mm -hmm. So that's quite easy. Um, we've come across processes before where there might be fifteen or twenty variations on how to go about. The process and what that means is there are different rules mm. so where you've got a complex set of rules to say okay in this scenario path a or in this scenario path b as the pathways expand then that adds complexity to how the robot has to be directed um, and we've come across a few processes like that where you've got many different business rules in place that make it uh, interesting to build mm -hmm. let's put it that way yeah okay very very cool all right, so uh, th then tell us a bit about like how does this all work? So we kind of now have a better understanding of what RPA is and what happens next? Does like a business come to you and just buy the product and then they're off on their own uh, installing it and uh, they can do whatever they like? Or do you guys do like consulting and you go into businesses and you set these things up for them? How, how does, what's the arrangement? Yeah, well, we, we have all of the different services that go with um, implementing RPA. So a, car, a client can uh, put in their own technology, um, say, for example, UiPath, um, and they can learn and create their own center of excellence. Mm -hmm. uh, so in other words, they'll get, get their people trained um, and start to learn how to uh, automate processes through the robot. and. And the workflows and all of that technology gives us – there are recorders and things to help you to do that. But you have a reasonable amount to get to it. It's not insurmountable. Mm -hmm. um, and from a SciGen point of view, uh, we uh, obviously we have consulting. We have implementation services. So we'll go in and help uh, companies build their uh, center of excellence. We would normally go in and do the first – X amount of 
processes or auto- automate them for them and make sure where ha- they're hardened. And I'll get on to hardened in a second, which is a Sijin term. Mm-hmm. Um, and some some cases we manage the um, the uh, the installation and we manage the COE ourselves. We mm-hmm. provide the service for that, and we have another service called RPA Robots for Hire, in which smaller companies and medium companies come to us. We do all of the work, and we we have a, our own fleet of robots, and they use our technology. And we do all of the work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's for smaller companies and uh, that would never go and put it in themselves because they don't have the people. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and you you mentioned uh, UiPath. What is a UiPath? UiPath is one of the top three um, uh, RPA vendors or, or solution companies in the, uh, globally. Mm-hmm. Um, they are probably at the they are at the top now. Uh, somebody, they're a company that we deal with. Um, we're not agnostic in our RPA approach. Mm-hmm. We are uh, we're a UiPath partner, mm-hmm. and at Sigen, rather than go wide with different RPA uh, technologies, we prefer to go up the AI tree, which means RPA is part of the AI mm-hmm. uh, tree. It's uh, <clears throat> and so we'd rather add other AI products as they become available mm-hmm. and suitable mm-hmm. uh, that become available for the marketplace. Okay, gotcha. So, uh, yeah. Okay, and so UiPath, that's where Vlad works, right? That's where Vlad works, that's right. And um, they're growing at a very fast rate. Um, We started with them at the beginning of 2016. Um, They're around 45, 50 people. Today, they're about 700 people. Wow. Um, And they are growing all over the world. They've got offices... Uh, head offices now in the United States. Uh, even their engineering's in predominantly in Romania. They have uh, services and everything out of uh, everywhere from India to the UK, uh, here in Australia, right through Asia, uh, Japan, etc. So uh, they're growing strongly. They've got good money behind them, um, and um, they, they've got an excellent product, and they're putting their money back into the product. Mm-hmm. And um, it's expanding all the time, so we've we're extremely happy with our choice um, uh, when we chose it uh, a few years ago now, a couple of years ago. Nice, gotcha. So they built the core of the RPA, and then yeah, you like do you add things on it, or you predominantly focus? We can, on- yeah. we can. Uh, the, the, the beauty of um, of the UiPath is that. Uh, Basically, think of Visio and uh, UiPath allows um, uh, activities to slide in. These are all pre-built, mm-hmm. but you can build your own, uh, yep. to which we can do. Yep. Um, and um, UiPath is uh, like the best of both worlds. They they have um, – you can code. Uh, so we do use a bit of .NET code or something like C code. And mm-hmm. In fact, they'll be putting Python code into it at the next release next week. Um, and um, uh, they can do all of these different things because you've got you come across all different in, uh, scenarios that you have to solve. It's uh, so in RPA you've got to solve different problems with different applications and data. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and I'm glad you mentioned CGen because I, 
I haven't we I haven't yet mentioned the name of the company. So it's Cgen. Website is Cgen C I G E N dot com dot au. Daniel, yeah. how did you come up? How did you guys come up with the name? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Actually, we uh, so what it technically stands for is computational intelligence generation mm. CIGen for short. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, it's not. Uh, it's not terribly scientific. Yeah. I'm just uh, trying to remember back to when we first came up with it. Uh, depending on what source you read, computational intelligence either sits alongside or is a subset of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and given that this well, RPA and everything that we were looking to do as a business was in that space, um, we liked the, uh, liked the name. It had a nice ring to it. And uh, here we are. Yeah, nice. And uh, how long ago was that? Uh, started the company at the end or t- sort of the back half of 2015. So we're sort of coming up on uh, three years old now. Mm, okay. It's gone very, right. very quickly. Cool. And I, I like these uh, conversations about starting companies because uh, I always, I'm always interested to find out what kind of thinking drove you to see that this technology has a potential, has a future and bet your money, bet your time and energy on building this enterprise in order to pursue this technology like tell us a bit about like what thinking went into that and what was the inspiration and where why were you confident and or courageous enough to actually pursue this goal uh i was probably the one that sort of came up with the uh, idea first i'd been reading about and looking into various articles about uh, robotic process automation Mm -hmm. um Obviously, going through some of the scary parts of it and some of the really interesting parts of it. I have a fairly reasonable IT background across uh, ERP, CRM, contact center technology, ICT, and all that sort of thing. So I sort of go back a while with um, technology. Um, and I started to realize it was new, it was barely around, mm-hmm. and I was either feeling whenever you start a business you think it's going to be easier than it is um, <laughs> and so, so um, I was at a certain point uh, obviously in my life where I thought it might be a good thing to start and I grabbed Daniel and so we thought we'd start going down this track and at the very beginning I had in mind that we would write some code for uh, the term is ITSM, ITS, uh, IT Service Management Desk. Mm-hmm. Then I realized a lot of this was all written, so there was no point uh, reinventing the stone because mm-hmm. they were far ahead of where we would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's better to look at the services side, look at how we could use it, and um, uh, start from there. That's exactly what we did. Yeah, that's, that's a good so, point. And, and at this point, maybe if you don't mind commenting, like what is the – Difference, like, why would a company go to you guys and rather than not go straight to UiPath? What is the value? Well, UiPath, UiPath doesn't provide the services. Uh-huh. It has services people, but they don't directly implement uh, UI, uh, the technology mm-hmm. for all of the different clients. They have, ser- they have partners for that, and we're one of the partners. Gotcha. Um, so that, that was their model for first up. So. Gotcha. Okay, makes sense. Um, and I'm glad you guys brought up AI. So this, let's go into this a little bit. So um, RPA, Robotic Process Automation, is, as you put it, 
a path of, of AI. In fact, just before the podcast, I liked the, the way you put it, that it's, it's a part of the AI tree. So tell us a bit more about that. Like, uh, how do you see robotics process automation fitting into this whole AI tree? I'd say RPA is probably at the, it's kind of the ground floor, um, if you will, in the sense that it's the, we often call it the grunt worker. So RPA is the is the tool that can go in there and, and basically grab or move around a lot of data, grab lots of data, um, potentially clean data, but then it can pass on to um, another application, be it machine learning, cognitive computing, AI, um, and feed it into that tool. A lot of um, a lot of AI tools typically require large amounts of data mm-hmm. um, to be effective, and so RPA can be a good engine to get that data um, quickly and independently without people having to get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it can go both ways where you can get AI tools feeding data back to RPA. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be circular, but more often than not, you'll have. AI being the starting point um, for effectively generating large amounts of data to feed into AI. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, that, that's uh, that's what you mean when you say that it's a pathway to other parts of artificial intelligence that it um, is uh, correct enables them, right? Okay, correct. Yeah. And as uh, what we're what we're expecting to find is that as uh, I mean, I'm not saying RPA is mature at this point. It's certainly still growing, but the tools themselves and, and what they can do um, are fairly well established now. We're not seeing that quite yet uh, or quite as broadly with um, other AI tools. So as that starts to mature, uh, then you'll really start to see, I think, a, a real interplay between RPA tools, cognitive tools, machine learning tools, etc. Um, it'll become, I mean, it's already heading that way now, but it will become basically like a, a huge ecosystem um, between different tools that do specific things. Gotcha. And yeah, that, I, I, yep. yeah sorry, go ahead. Just, yeah, this, uh, I think there's one other area in here that RPA, the RPA tools themselves are a, uh, a universal tool, if you like, a global tool across a heart that any business can use across all of their applications. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they can get one RPA tool to serve across their platforms, um, whereas AI tends to be industry-specific. Or there are some tools that are generalised, but most of the AI tools that are out there are, for example, the legal industry or they're for the insurance industry. They've been built specifically for those. Mm-hmm. As far as API is concerned, it doesn't care which industry it is. It can work across all of them. Exactly, and that's the those are such great points. Um, first one is that I that's exactly why I think that it's such an undervalued technology or underestimated technology. That um, data scientists across the board they maybe can recognize better that how do you get this data into AI? A lot of the time, people spend hours and hours and hours programming different algorithms or different web scraping tools or different um, approaches to extracting the data, whereas it might be much faster to actually implement an existing uh, RPA. And because as, uh, as I understand, RPA is just a drag and drop, right? It's like you can set it up without knowing any programming skills. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the interface, uh, the UiPath interface is essentially drag and drop. I mean, you can, if you've got 
good skills with coding, um, C Sharp or VB.net, then you'll be right at home because it's based on that platform. But equally, uh, you can drag and drop activities. Uh, Lee and myself are not programmers by background. It's something that we've uh, effectively picked up whilst learning UiPath. Mm-hmm. Um, we both had some skills in writing macros, Excel macros um, from way back, but that was kind of the, the extent of it really. Yeah. So it is, as, as a tool, it is it is quick and easy to pick up. Um, there are recording features within the tool, not dissimilar to a macro recorder, but a little bit higher spec mm-hmm. to help you get started. Um, and there's a lot of material on, on the web uh, via UiPath, which most of which is free, or practically all of which is free, mm-hmm. um, to help you get trained up. So you know, if you're if you have an interest in that sort of thing, and you, and you've got a, I guess a, a good analytical mind um, for that for that kind of discipline, then you can pick it up and run with it fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you basically you build your skill set as you go along. So going in and scraping data off the web. Um, you know, that's that's fairly simple to, to learn and fairly simple to implement. Gotcha, gotcha. I guess, uh, I guess a way to build an analogy for our listeners is that in uh, data science, we have tools for programming and we have tools for visualization, uh, like drag and drop tools for visualization, like Tableau. And so f- to build a visualization, you could go and build it in R programming. It'll take you, I don't know, a couple of hours. Or you could build it in Tableau with drag and drop in like five minutes. And plus, if you need to adjust it or change it or you know, um, modify it in, with time, then you can just do that, say, that modification in the drag and drop tool within a few minutes. Whereas in the programming language, you're going to have to add a bit of um, you know, like code to the whole thing. So just my way of and, and interpreting this whole thing of RPA that it's, actually quite empowering for people or companies that want uh, specific tasks automated. You don't have to sit and code a specialized AI, whether it's machine learning or um, web scraping algorithm for that specific task. If you have an RPA, you can quickly adjust. Is that that about right? Yeah, look, you're spot on. With the the RPA tool, um, it's very much designed to allow non-coders and non-programmers to feel like it's accessible and feel like it's a tool they can use. Um, RPA, in many cases, or quite a few cases, is actually used within the business units themselves. It's not necessarily something that your IT department has ownership of. Um, they're very much part of the journey, but and this depends on the company, of course, but they don't always have ownership of that tool. So oftentimes, it's the, the business users themselves, business analysts and process analysts, that are the ones that are asked to learn this tool. Um, and many of them will have never cut code before. Mm-hmm. And so the drag and drop functionality and the, the, the visual aspect of the tool is crucial to getting them feeling at home and feeling like it's a tool that they can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was very much the that was very much the case with Lee and I when we started. Um, there are visual cues that are not necessarily used as part of the automation, but they can give you some context for what you're doing, what data you're working with, what program you're operating within uh, or application. Uh, and all that's designed to, um, I guess, minimize the feeling that you're actually working with code. Yeah, no, I totally understand. And that's, that's, a, that's a great, refreshing perspective. Um, okay, and so the other thing is that 
you guys, what I wanted to ask you guys is that in the three years that you've been in this business, what uh, kind of, have you seen, have you noticed any trends? Have you noticed like an, an increase in uptake, an increase in interest from businesses, an increase in requests to, um, to implement RPAs? Where, where is, uh, like, is the whole um, world starting to pick up on this idea of RPAs more and more, or, or is it kind of like still in, in its very juvenile state? It is definitely picking up um, uh, quite strongly. It is still got a huge way to go. Um, so it is it, it, RPA really got going in Europe and the UK first. Mm -hmm. um, it's got going in the USA a little bit later, but the uptake in the US has been very strong now, mm -hmm. uh, and probably it's probably surpassed Europe. Um, mm -hmm. Australia, uh, Asia Pac, Australia uh, has uh, probably it's it's starting to move and move quicker now. So, two years ago, we were still explaining to people what RPA was. Mm -hmm. uh, last year, people started to understand that it was around this. Uh, today, we don't need to under really explain to companies what RPA is about. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more about what it can do, what we can do to solve their problems, and, um, and sometimes how quickly we can implement um, uh, things to work for them. Because, uh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Gotcha, gotcha. That's that's really exciting to hear. Uh, speaking of um, uptake and the the whole AI situation, I think it stands to show that. RPA is being recognized more and more by the industries and companies. Uh, it stands to show that you guys got the CIO Advisor Award for one of the top 25 artificial intelligence companies in Asia Pacific. Congratulations on that. How did, how did you guys feel about it? Oh, it was great. It was, uh, it's always good to get awards and it's good to be recognized by your peers to uh, get your awards. So no, it, it, it was... Uh, a great achievement so uh, um, we and were surprised and quite, very happy about it and in the space so, yeah. of AI as well right so it's it's uh, yeah that's right and as a testament um, okay uh, cool so I had a question so indeed we have on the podcast we have listeners who are entrepreneurs and executives and directors who are business owners and I'm sure by now uh, their brains are churning and they're thinking, okay, how can I get this whole thing of RPA into my business and uh, you know, how do, I, how do I implement this solution? So you'll definitely get a lot of people contacting you. By the way, do you guys work just in Asia mm -hmm. Pacific or like Australia or do you work globally? Um, we have had customers as far as the US, but mm -hmm. we generally stay uh, Asia pack, mm -hmm. uh, predominantly because of travel, mm -hmm. uh, when companies want to see, but we, we are connected with sister companies, uh, that we can help people with. Um, and of course UiPath can too. So, awesome. uh, um, so no, it's very much a global thing that, <clears throat> um, uh, you, you know, we're connected to quite a few people. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That's good to know. So my, my, uh, like lend, prolonged question was that, uh, we've got business owners who like are now obviously getting a lot of value and thinking about how they can use this in their businesses. But what about uh, listeners who work in companies who which don't yet employ RPA, which don't yet have these tools that they can practice with? Like it all sounds nice and 
exciting to them, but is there a way that they can learn a bit more about RPA? Maybe get their hands on it, like do a trial, like just as an individual, download it on their home desktop or, um, you know, just, just get their hands dirty and understand how this whole RPA system works and get a feel for it in order to understand better if, they, if that's something they want in their career, if that's something they want to consider uh, learning for the future. Yeah, look, uh, UiPath makes that really easy, actually. So um, you talked about a, a free version or a trial version. Yeah. You can access that via the UiPath website. Uh, there is actually what they call a community edition of the software, um, which is is free to use um, for individuals and, and free to use if you're, say, in the in the learning or education space. Mm-hmm. So getting access to the, the software is simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, UiPath has got their forum, their mm-hmm. community forum, which is, I think, well, I think well over ten thousand strong now in terms of members. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got quite a few UiPath people um, that are on the forums quite actively, uh, and and some long-term users as well that can answer questions and and give great examples of how to do things. Uh, and you've got UiPath Academy, which mm. is a free online course. It's all modular-based, um, where the, each each module is based on a certain topic, such as Excel automation or web automation or scraping data from a PDF document. Um, modular uh, goes for, call it an hour or touch yeah. over an hour. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of all that, you actually get a, um, a certification as well. That's so, so cool. For, yeah, so all the tools are there for for people who are curious to jump in at practically no cost um, and, and start learning the tool and building their own automations. Um, and, and for those within businesses that are not yet using RPA, it's a great way to maybe showcase uh, the tool and, and what it can do and maybe get some people within the business interested to, to implement it at a larger scale. Mm, wonderful. I, I love that. I actually, I could feel myself getting excited about like about all of this as you're talking. And I'm sure this is the point in the podcast where like the light bulbs are starting to go off and people are like, I can try this out for myself. And imagine oh, this. I'm sorry. Yeah. Imagine this. Like somebody goes like uh, on the our, uh, UiPath website and downloads the software, try, tries this community version, goes onto the forum um, does the UiPath Academy gets the certification, all of that for free, and then adds that to their resume. And it's like, all of a sudden, you're not just, uh, you know, you're not just a great data scientist. All of a sudden, you have this skill that pretty much nobody else has because it's so, it's so powerful it's, or it's so, it's so underestimated yet so powerful. And then you go into an interview and you're like, uh, yeah, I know this thing called robotic process automation. You're like, what's that? And well, I can automate half your process and save you like 10 million bucks because... And your people can be doing more creative and uh, work and finally get get over their backlog. And like, whoa, this is so cool. I, I'm really glad you mentioned that. And also this showcasing to your own business. So if you are not looking for a job, if you're already happy with your job, everything's going great and uh, you love your company, but you want to add more value, you know, you do check out Robotics Pro Automation, you try it out for yourself and you see how exactly uh, you can... In, in, uh, empower your own role and automate some of your tasks or maybe help your colleagues automate tasks and all of a sudden you have a business case for your manager and your company is going in a whole new direction as opposed to where it was going. That's, that's such a 
such a great way. I, I, I think uh, I definitely should mention this in the intro to this podcast so that people know that that this is this is available to everybody, not just just business owners. Very cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, sure thing. And look, the the whole, I guess, the whole perspective from from your past point of view is they're all about uh, what they call democratizing mm. uh, RPA. So you know, their their take on it is it should be accessible to everyone um, to to learn. Uh, and then Sajan's, um twist on that is that uh, I guess the common common theme within industry is that RPA is for big business and for enterprise customers. Yeah. Um, our twist is that. Uh, we we think that RPA should be accessible by all companies, yep. um, the sole trader, the small business, the medium business, and of course the large enterprise. Yep. So it's it's not simply a tool that is for, you know, an ASX listed company and that's it, or a, or a Fortune 500 company. It goes way beyond that, um, and it's got the ability to give real benefits to companies of all sizes. Yep. Yeah. I I think the other part of this that we haven't mentioned is that where do robots live? Um, robots live uh, on the desktop, but more often these days, the, the, the large corporates and indeed all of our robots sit on servers in data centers uh, mm. or in the cloud. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> robotics is actually not seen that often. Uh, you don't actually see them work because uh, it's all done generally in the background. Um, and to the point of... Um, one of the other points with uh, people learning robotics at the moment, uh, there is definitely a shortage in the market for people who know how to uh, uh, who, who know uh, robotic process automation. So yeah, um, yeah, and th that's a very powerful point as well. That um, supply, like as you guys get the word out there and UiPath spreads this democracy um, ideal RPA. By the way, Vlad did such a good thing to get you guys on this podcast like the best marketing move ever we've mentioned UiPath like 20 times <laughs> uh, he's, yeah. he's got to be happy for sure um, so like works, works both ways obviously. yeah yeah for sure so as um, as this uh, message is spread out there the demand for RPA is going to grow you'll see company because again it's it's inevitable we live in a capitalistic world uh, competitive pressure is going to drive the demand up Companies that don't employ RPA are going to be have more costs and are going to be less efficient than companies that do employ RPA. And therefore, whether you like it or not, the demand is going to go up. And at that point, it's like, where's the supply going to come from? Same thing as we saw in data science, right? Like five years or 10 years ago, there's no such thing as data science. And now all of a sudden, every single business in the world is starting to want a data scientist. And where's the demand? And now people are starting to pick up these skills. I want to be a data scientist. The salaries are really high. It's a very exciting job and profession. Um, it looks like RPA is going down the same track. So it's a good idea to get on this early, especially if you can learn all these things for free and add it to your resume with a certification. Um, and then all of a sudden, when like you know a year, two, three, the RPA, uh, like a lot more companies catch on to the whole RPA trend. Um, and people are looking for skills and supply of skills, uh, you're going to have like three years of experience in RPA because you got onto this early. And uh, that's what people usually put on the job description. Like we want X years of experience. Well, usually they, they can't mm. get the X years of experience because that's a new thing. But if you are like forward looking and uh, you add this thing, you like learn this thing very early on, that 
that could be a very powerful career move for somebody. Yeah, it's it's a good. Well, obviously we're biased because we're in we're in the market, we're in the space, but we think it's a um, a great space to get into. We we enjoy the work. I mean, the, one of the things for um, for us uh, as implementers is we get to run the breadth of process types and businesses. Uh, we get to see, you know, every every customer presents a, an entirely different challenge. They're often using different applications. They have a different way of going about things. And so it, it forces you to, you know, stay on your toes and continue learning and continue thinking. Yep. Um, you can't just, you can't just have one playbook and, uh, and roll it out over and over again. It doesn't work that way. Um, and so that, that for us is exciting because it keeps, keeps things fresh and keeps, keeps you sharp. Um, and in terms of expansion, what um, Lee touched on before that, you know, there's growth wise, there's still a tremendous amount of growth, to go in the market and what we're starting to see evidence of albeit uh, in small steps is that the the larger corporates are increasingly starting to lean on the next tier down and say well okay we've got robotics so where's your robotics mm-hmm. and so it, it's it's gradually being forced top down from the from the large corporations down to the the mid-size and, and mid-tier corporates mm. because People are demanding savings, yep. um, and so that that to us is going to just fuel the growth over the next few years as well as um, as the mid tier starts to uptake RPA in a serious way. Interesting, very interesting to see <coughs> something pushed like in that direction from top down. Usually, it's like companies at the at the bottom come up with something cool, and it gradually trickles up to the top. But yeah, it's interesting mm. approach. Yep. Okay. Okay, well, that, that's very cool. I've got an, uh, a question for you guys. So uh, you've obviously worked with lots of companies and done lots of different implementations. What would you say has been the most disruptive example that you have to date of how you implement an RPA and it saved the company? You don't have to name the company, but like, you know, it saved the company, I don't know, a million dollars or uh, it helped, um, you know, 50 people in the business become free of these repetitive tasks and move on to greater and better um, careers or greater and better things that they were doing in the same business or help to help to help the business um, take over a market or get into a niche anything like that that you can share yeah there'd be um, oh, there's probably a few one of them's a utility company um, they do a thousand to two thousand Entries a day because um, they change. Uh, they they have uh, moods, ads, and changes um, of a lot of different types of meters. Uh, that's been roboticized, um, and that's relieving a team from from en- data entering all of that data every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's had a reasonable in- impact within the company, mm-hmm. and it's expanding. Um, there are some of the more interesting. It's things that we come across is is um, when we use data uh, robots for revenue leakage uh, oh, to okay. detect revenue leakage. Revenue leakage. So you um, tell us more <clears> about that. And, and and so this is, for example, some businesses know that there are points within the business where they're not picking up the data to to um, uh, invoice correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'll use, you know, I won't use a bank as an example because we all love banks. Um, <laughs> I will. Um, so, for example, uh, you take a port where they have uh, every time a a container touches down at a different point within a port, there's a charge for that. And if they if it gets missed, uh, they they don't get to charge that amount of money to their client. Uh-huh. Uh, as an example, so the robots uh, may be used to uh, make sure electronically all of the touch points are working. Uh-huh. Uh, so it, the revenue. So there is a number of different ways you take. Certainly, if you take people out of the loop, you will find um, that uh, the invoicing will increase. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the case, especially in a bank. If you have sort of bounce checks or something like that, where someone would have gone into a branch before to relieve it, uh, to talk to the manager. Uh, these days, that's all done by robotics, and it's just automatically uh, billed to that person. Um, and companies are using some of those revenue leakage, the gain that they're getting out of that to pay for all of the robotics program. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite big. So um, it's one of the things, it's not just the process. You, you get companies to start thinking about, well, where are you missing revenue from? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the other one, the part of that is audits. Uh, robots are great with audits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. <clears throat> so it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, to a degree, yes. Yeah, yeah they okay. can't pay for themselves. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. <clears throat> Speaking of price, like I, w- I won't put you guys on the spot and ask you to like uh, provide quotes, but uh, roughly, where where do these things range from? From like, can you give a ballpark estimate? You know, from X to Y is usually what company a company of I don't know an average size would pay for a robotics automation. In the implementation, it's 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 not expensive, really. In in the scheme of large corporate uh, applications, uh, it's nothing like that. So it's it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. It has got up to over a million with lots of robots, and I mean hundreds of robots. Mm-hmm. That's not as common yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, companies with anywhere from ten to fifty robots, you're you're in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm. So, um, so quite a few companies uh, uh, around a hundred thousand, uh, probably one hundred to two hundred thousand dollars, I guess, for a reasonable corporate to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not too bad. Yeah, no, they, very, yeah, very they, reasonable. They can, they can build to that. They can build to that over time. So the, I mean, the actual the entry cost to get started is actually incredibly low. Um, once uh, once a business has a, a a realistic idea of exactly how many robots they need, then they can scale very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say that uh, if you're looking at a as a starting price, you'd be you'd be sitting somewhere, you know, not even a hundred thousand dollars, maybe around fifty k. To, to actually get it in and, and get going in a serious way and then build over time, build your capacity. Mm-hmm. Actually, the smallest value is zero <laughs> um, because you, you you can put trials in there. Mm-hmm. So you, you go from that point up. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, that's very cool and definitely very reasonable price. Um, what's your view on the whole ethical consideration that implementing robots means uh, in some cases people will lose jobs? It's definitely good for business, efficient for business. Uh, but like we hear these things, like for instance, with self-driving cars, that uh, drivers and taxi drivers are losing their jobs and things like that. It's, it's an I guess an inevitable 
step in progress, technological progress. But uh, how do you guys deal with it ethically? What 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 helps you sleep at night? Uh, yeah, believe it or not, we actually we something we talk about a fair bit mm. um, in the office, uh, considering the the work that we do. Uh, I will say that to date, we, despite what is written in the press and what uh, what people might have heard, we're not seeing um, the mass job losses and mass sackings that people seem to be concerned about. We're seeing a lot of businesses that are genuinely looking to take their headcount and, and utilize it in other parts of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of companies are excited by the fact that they may not have to necessarily expand their headcount and can, and can grow their business with the same people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's powerful, to, especially to many smaller businesses. That's a, that's a really powerful um, reason to go with RPA. Mm-hmm. I, I guess if, if you talk about the ethical side of it, um, something that we, we do talk about a fair bit is empowering people to, to learn the tool. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're in a, you know, let's call it a white-collar type job and, and you're doing lots of data entry, um, absolutely your, potentially your role or parts of your role can be at risk from a tool like RPA. Yep. And so we, we would go back to exactly what you were saying before, which is you've got the tools and you've got the the avenues to learn the tool for free online um, and all it takes is your time. Yeah. Um, and so we would encourage people to, to at least take a, a passing interest in it and learn the tool because if your job is going to be affected by RPA, then you may as well turn the tables and be the person that can use RPA. Good. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's probably the most succinct way I can put it. I'm, I'm not sure if Lee wants to to add to that. There's there's no doubt over time RPA, especially once it, AI becomes stronger, and they join with machine learning and all this sort of area, that there will be a greater impact, and certain industries will be impacted more than others, um, and it would it will mean that. Um, Entry level jobs will will start to disappear mm-hmm. um, in certain areas, um, and so the the question one of the big things with entry level jobs is it's where we learn to work mm-hmm. um, in reality, and so from that point of view, if we're bypassing the learning to work, how do we get to become so if I was t- to take so I'll pick on the accounting profession, mm-hmm. uh, which will be heavily affected, is becoming heavily affected by robotics and AI. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I want to become through, go through to the stage of being an advisor, if I don't have the entry level where I learn all about accounting, how is that going to happen? Mm, um, and so we, we sit and talk about um, having experiential labs in at uh, tertiary and probably secondary college mm-hmm. that will take people through um, um, I, dare, I don't want to get into Star Trek but um, uh, but, but starts to talk uh, it starts to go down the path of of learning tools that immerse somebody in learning so as they come out of those uh, they have actually got some skill in dealing with and identifying and in dealing with those types of topics. You're talking, you're talking basically like a simulation. 
Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I if I think yeah. back to when I came out of uni, um, I did a did a finance degree coming out of uni. My first few jobs were all finance analyst and data analyst, and um, yeah, in the, in the next five years, those kind of jobs um, will be heavily affected. And so, yeah, it's an interesting. That's a completely different side to the ethical question. Is yeah, how how will uh, the kids that are in school now, how will they learn uh, the skills they need to actually get to the higher levels if the, if the lower levels simply disappear? Um, and that's a, that's a far bigger, uh, I think a far bigger social problem than people are currently aware of. Wow, that's a different, yeah, different. I didn't, yeah. uh, didn't think of it that way. Yeah. So in, in a similar way, that blue-collar work has been um, picked on, so will white-collar. Um, it will have a, uh, an effect. Uh, it's a political um, – it will become a political issue, obviously. Um, uh, but it is also an opportunity issue because if you stop and think about it from the point of view of education, there's a whole new world of technology and and business that could start up around that type of area. So. Yeah, yeah. In, in the same in the same way that we couldn't have we couldn't have imagined ten years ago that there would be an industry built around apps and building an app for a phone. Yeah. Um. And and look at that that industry now. Well, as yeah, we could have little um, niche industries building around robotics in exactly the same way over time. Yeah. As they say, the world's biggest problems are the world's biggest opportunities. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Very interesting. This it's, pod- not, it's not, yeah, that's right. Sorry. It's not going to go away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's definitely not going to go away. Uh, yeah, so. This podcast has taken such an interesting turn. We're going into philosophy and social <laughs> considerations. This is so exciting. Wow, you guys are definitely in a, in a very interesting uh, industry. And, uh, very, and no wonder, like another, in addition to that award, you were also featured in the Australian Financial Review. Like I, I can now see why the, these things are all happening. Very exciting. Unfortunately, though, we're slowly coming to the end of the podcast. We've been here almost an hour, believe it or not. I wanted to touch on one thing that you said that uh, you're also very passionate about before we wrap up. Robots for hire. Tell us a bit about that. What, what are robots for hire? Is this, this is like a next step in, in RPA or what, what is it all about? Yeah, look, it's it's an evolution of of Sajan's business model. So we have our traditional model, which is implementation, um, training people within companies to use RPA, uh, and though that's based, of course, on companies uh, buying the technology and and installing it. Uh, but we also recognise that uh, there are many smaller companies that would. I never make the investment um, as much as it is accessible and affordable um, in our eyes. There are still many companies that, especially a small business, a small business can always spend uh, money on something better. Mm -hmm. There's always things to spend money on. So RPA in that respect probably goes towards the bottom of the list. Um, We we believe quite firmly that those businesses should still have access to the benefits. Uh, and so Robots for Hire is basically a service where we host, we have our own fleet of robots, which we host ourselves. Um, so all the tech is is hosted at Sygen. Uh, company, small companies can come to us and say, look, I've got this process. Um, I get, you know, 100 invoices a day. I need to put those invoices. I need to get certain pieces of information out of that invoice and put that into my accounting software. Mm. It's currently taking one of my people 
half a day to do that work. I'd love it if they could do something else. Mm-hmm. And that's where our service can come in. We will build the automation um, to, to handle that work and we deploy it at our end uh, or on our, on our servers um, and, and effectively do that work for them and allow that person to have their half a day back to do something more constructive for that business. So at the moment, um, the types of applications we work with are cloud-based. Mm-hmm. So we are, we are not doing B2B to the business directly at this point. That will come in time. Uh, so a good example is applic- uh, cloud applications such as Xero or NetSuite, oh, okay. um, where everything's hosted online. You've got your login, um, you've got your data, and it's basically a, a case of inputting your data into the into the software. Mm-hmm. Um, and our robots can do that far quicker, far more effectively, and for a far cheaper price, uh, typically than a person can. So you're you're getting into the into disrupting the virtual assistant space now, <laughs> like you're disrupting everything, guys. Come on. Yeah, we're we're, we're <laughs> trying to get break. in everybody's way, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's what we what we've heard from small businesses is, uh, and you don't think about it at big business level, but you know, half a, a half a day of one person's time yeah. is having that back is powerful yeah um and again it's not about getting rid of these people a small business may have only six or seven staff yeah uh but having one of those people do something else for half a day such as getting on the phone and talking to customers uh chasing up leads um is far more beneficial than having them sit there for eight hours and doing data entry Mm. yeah gotcha and how affordable Uh, is this sorry you go yeah, so the it's it's designed basically that the pricing is designed to be uh, or to to compete with uh, labour. Yep. So we're well aware that we're you know typically we're competing or pricing against administration staff, mm-hmm. um, and so depending on the complexity of the workflow and 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 how long it takes us to build it um, and and get it ready to go, it can be as little as a hundred dollars a week. Wow, wow, that's. That's fantastic. Yeah, so it's, it's it's not meant to be expensive. Mm-hmm. The, the typically the processes that we see are, are not they're not large, complicated processes. They are literally as simple as I've got a bunch of invoices. I need to get them into my accounting software as quickly as possible so I can move on to the next task. Mm-hmm. So they're they're simple, um, non-complex processes such as that. Gotcha. Or as we've done, we've also done is recruiters. So actually doing some data cleanup work uh, on their data, uh, recruiter's database is another example of it. So <clears throat> Nice. Very, very cool. Guys, this is so exciting. I would love to keep going about more of these applications, but we've gone over an hour. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, quickly, before we finish this off, tell us how our listeners can get best get in touch with you to learn more about RPA, Folio Careers, or get in touch about maybe some products that they're interested in? Well, I'd go to uh, sigen.com.au, which is our website. Um, that will um, get uh, that will get to us. Uh, I think our phone number's on there as well, which is obviously Australia plus 61. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that number is at the bottom of every page on there. Uh, there is a contact at sigen.com.au, which will get to us. And then if you wanted to get to us individually, 
It's either lee.pullen at sergeant.com.au or daniel.pullen at sergeant.com.au. Um, we, uh, we've got our other staff, but that'll come to us. So. Thank you. And, uh, is, and that's, uh, yep. that's, that's C-I-G-E-N. Yeah, and important yeah. for international listeners, .com.au. So Australia has its own yeah. <laughs> kind of like yes. world, internet, world of internet websites, .com.au. Yes. Um, and uh, LinkedIn, is it okay for our listeners to get in touch via LinkedIn? LinkedIn and Twitter. LinkedIn and so, Twitter. So uh, we're, we're on both. We'll include those <laughs> links in the notes. Well, thank you so much, yep. guys, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, uh, any books that you would like to recommend to our listeners to empower uh, their careers? One of the early books. One of the early books was the Second Machine Age. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Andrew McAfee. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. Another one was the Great Fragmentation, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably a little bit uh, beneficial since we're just what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. So there, there are a couple of interesting books that. Um, probably was part of the reason why we went into it. So, uh, Interesting. Um, okay. And so, yeah. Daniel, you have anything to add to those? Uh, no. Yeah. No, I'll stick with those two. Gotcha. Lee, Lee, reads, Lee reads more than I do. <laughs> All right. Gotcha. All right. Well, thanks again so much, guys. Really appreciate this chat. I'm sure this is going to change a lot of lives and a lot of career paths. So appreciate you coming on the show and telling us all about RPM. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's right. So it's been a pleasure. So. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. All right. So those were Lee and Daniel Pullen. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on the show. And also thank you, Vlad, for introducing us. And what was your biggest takeaway? right isn't this pretty insane how much value the guy shared and how many new insights like robots for hire ethics around rpa what is rpa rpa for individuals rpa for businesses whatever um, role you you're coming from you can get tons of value or tons of directions from here on how to incorporate or at least explore this new space disruptive space of RPA in your career. So personally, for me, I loved it all. We'll definitely include all of the links in the show notes, which you can find at www.superdatascience.com slash 173. There you can find the CGEN website, uh, the UI path website as well. You can also, you'll be also able to find the links to Lee's and Daniel's um, LinkedIn's so make sure to connect with them and get in touch if you're a business owner especially if you're in Australia and you're thinking about RPA they're the best guys to go to make sure to check them out plus as they mentioned they can connect you with other people in the world in the space of RPA if you're not in Australia on the other hand if you're a data scientist analytics professional and you want to empower your career and put RPA or maybe even a certification on your resume, then head on over to the UiPath website and check out their course there that is, or the community forum, community version, free trial of their software, uh, UiPath Academy, the certification and things like that. We'll include the links in uh, the episode, in the show notes as well. Um, on that note, if you know anybody who can benefit from learning about RPA, anybody who's curious about technologies, who's looking to disrupt 
industries or disrupt their business or disrupt their own career or empower their own career and add more value to the places where they work, then send them this episode, share the story of Lee and Daniel and the whole concept of RPA and you might as well just change somebody's life or trajectory of their career. On that note, thank you so much for being here. Can't wait to see you next time. Until then, happy analyzing.